0: Season 5 is sponsored by AGTS and Evangel University. If God is calling you to take your ministry to the next level, visit agts.edu to learn how the experienced scholars at AGTS can equip and empower you for your Christ-centered service. Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to season five. I can't believe it of the make life matter podcast. And I'm so excited about my special guest today. I've known her for some time, but this is my first time to really sit down and have a lengthy conversation. Yeah. So I am personally <laughs> really excited about it. My guest is Crystal yeah. Martin and she ser- serves as the national director of the assemblies of God network of women ministers, and I'm an AG women minister. Yeah. So she is so, um, just such an impactful woman in my life as many others. And she's this is a professional organization that mobilizes women to fulfill their ministry call. She's passionate about advocating for and collaborating with and training women ministers. And she also coordinates Kai Alpha's cross cultural initiatives, travels the world as the director <laughs> of Kai Alpha Mission. So, yeah. this is going to share today, among other things, I know our conversation will go a million directions, but we're going to cover some of the challenges women in ministry face today, some encouragement for any woman, or if you're a man listening, to know how we can pray and how we can help serve those who feel called to ministry and what God is doing in the lives of students and global missions around the world. So welcome, Crystal. I'm so excited to dive into this Uh, conversation. I feel the same. Like It's like tea with Angela. What can be better than that? (laughs) I love it. Well, we have (laughs) definitely a kindred spirit in such a a similar Definitely. Burden and call and you were so mm-hmm. gracious to come out for the launch of my fearless, my second fee I here.
1: felt like it was such an honor and it was so professional. I'm like, wow, you're you're like the real deal author that I'm oh. I'm like someday maybe I can follow in your footsteps. But oh, it, it felt very honoring and um just to be there was really special. Well, I've I read was. your books, they're fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank so you. So
1: I'm definitely a fangirl.
0: Well, I feel the same (laughs) way. We follow each other all over social media and our travels and here, there and yonder. And, you know, one of the things I love, Crystal, that we both believe so strongly that the Mm -hmm. image of God is best reflected and the church of Jesus Christ is healthiest. You talk about this when men and women are empowered to fulfill their call at every level of ministerial leadership. So we're going to dive into that today. Maybe this is a you know, a, a a conversation that you have questions about as a listener today. So I I know some of your questions are going to be, be answered and we're going to, you know, discuss a number of angles. So Crystal, what are you seeing? I know this, we talked earlier about, this is such an amazing time to be a woman in the kingdom of God, but there are still some challenges, still some bias that exists. So what do you see as some of the primary challenges women in ministry are facing today? Yeah. Well, I may just go
1: back to my own story. As you mentioned, I am the Global Missions Director for Kai Alpha, which is a global campus ministry. So, we work in college ministry and like you, Angela, and some, you know, women were in all different varieties, but I also work with my husband who is also a ordained minister. So, maybe my story can give a little bit of an example of some of the roadblocks that women face, but as both my husband and I Had a very strong call, a similar call to lead this generation to the nations. Mm -hmm. And we had big vision. And I'm talking like 20 years ago, big vision. We're ready to take this new mountain. And I remember going into the office kind of in our first day that we're like getting started. And my husband, he had a nameplate, he had a title, he had a phone and a computer, and I had a chair. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes so many women have had to follow God without title, wow. <laughs> without, um, position. And then, and then one of our colleagues, just very well-meaning, but he came in and he, the first word he said to me is crystal. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Scott, who's my husband, he said, Scott really needs someone to keep his calendar. Oh. And I think, Think even as a young woman, those genderized roles and our genderized thought of ministry um, has put women in a box, really, for millennials. (laughs) Not this is not something new that we're walking in. I mean, I just even think of the story of Mary and Martha. And Martha had to step outside of her genderized role in many ways to sit at the feet of Jesus. And there's pressure in that. People try to call you back like get in your place type of a thing. And so I would say as a young woman, those kind of genderized expectations of what ministry is create two things that I think still women face today. And I'm gonna use two words that we see in the marketplace and you've probably heard them before, but it's sticky floors and glass ceilings. So glass ceilings are kind of those organizational um, places that we face where hiring practices prefer men. And so organizationally, when you look in most churches, even the Assemblies of God that has endorsed women at every level of leadership, So even within our movement, when we look at how many lead pastors we have, they're mostly men. (laughs) And when you see um, who are leading our movements, it is still mostly men. That creates a sort of glass ceiling, how do women um, move into those both leadership positions based on call and gifts rather than gender. That's and so, um, those are, those are some things. That's like the glass ceilings that we see as women. There was a glass ceiling for me when I walked in that day. My husband had position as a spouse of a minister. I, I I just was expected to come along for the ride. And I don't think that's a healthy place for a lot of women um, to have to lead without position or platform. That's a tough place. That's a glass ceiling. What those glass ceilings do is they create in us that other word, sticky floors, mm. self-doubt. So the first man that approached me in that office, although he was well-meaning and a fantastic friend, mm. <laughs> he didn't realize how his words spoken over me. I'm glad you're here to keep your husband's calendar, how those words spoken over me created a sticky floor. Mm. Am I welcome anywhere else to doubt my call? Maybe this is really where I'm supposed to be because it's what people are offering me. So this visionary apostolic call to lead this generation to the nations um, felt unseen and Mm. almost awkward in, um, in the genderized movement that I was a part of. So those still exist today. Um, those glass ceilings and those sticky floors that self doubt that women imposter syndrome, if you've heard that, like, yes. do I actually belong? And women are much less likely to volunteer, um, for leadership positions because they have not seen as many women leading the way. My good friend, Severin Lawali, who works with me, he's from Kenya, he said, everybody needs example and permission. Mm -hmm. Example meaning somebody who's gone before you, which gives you permission to dream. Mm -hmm. And as women have lacked role models in spiritual leadership positions, um, they don't actually know that they have the right to dream, Mm -hmm. creating sticky floors. And so My passion is to see us overcome those glass ceilings and sticky floors so that we can truly step into, and I'm going to go back to our Genesis mandate Yes. when we think like, what are we overcoming? What, what's like our goal, (laughs) you know, what's, what do we want to see happen? And I think if we go back to the beginning in Genesis, where we see the mission of man be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and, Through most of history, after sin entered that mission, it became bifurcated. And in many places, women were put kind of in the fruitfulness and multiplication department and men subduing the earth. That's been what it's looked like for millennials. And so how fantastic when I see um, Kamala Harris and I think, okay, there's someone subduing the earth. I can do that, too. That's my garden mandate. Sin broke it. But Holy Spirit, Jesus came on this earth to bring restoration. And so um, it's really just a fantastic time to be a woman. (laughs) We have our garden mandate. We have Jesus that came to restore and bring us back to that place in the New Testament church. And then we live in a culture where women in ministry is not only biblically rooted, but culturally relevant. Mm. And it's a good time to be a woman.
0: I could not agree more. (laughs) Even though there are still a lot of women, I mean, you might be listening to another in another country or even here in the United States, but you're feeling like, oh, that has not been as much my experience in my denominational stream. Right. You know, Crystal and I were talking earlier, the the narrative is shifting. It takes a while. And I'm curious, Crystal, you you came into that, you know, position without a position. Right. Like I'm saying it, I remember the first time I preached at our (laughs) own church, Um, an older gentleman came up to me and said, well, you did really well for a woman. Right. That's a sticky floor. That's an immediate thing of like, uh, okay, maybe it wasn't great or maybe my voice didn't matter or maybe my content was somehow less um, valuable because it wasn't delivered in a male's voice. So right. we don't even realize sometimes mm-hmm. the, the effect, if we allow those kind of words and labels and yes. man-made barriers and constructs, Jesus never let man-made barriers dictate the no. schedule, his, his engagements, the way he treated women. No first century church. We have so many models of Priscilla, you know, so many different uh, models of women that served, but we have, you know, we have gone awry in, in seasons since then. And so seeing yes. this almost a rebirth, this renaissance mm-hmm. of women being yes. able to step into the call of God on their lives and not to question that and not to, right. to be so confused. I'm wondering for you, thankfully I had a strong enough foundation framework yes. as you, I've been, you know, married to my husband in ministry. We've served mm-hmm. alongside of each other for three decades. So I didn't feel diminished by his comment. I didn't let right. it stick. But there are many women who do feel diminished by situations. So how did that change for you when you came into that position with Scott? Did it, was it an eventual thing that you just kind of lived your life or were there some tangible things that you did?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Um, I think as a young woman, even in that place, because I'd come out of the education world, I'd already seen myself as a principal when the Lord called me. So I think I already saw myself as a leader. So um, I, I, as a young woman, I fought to not be put in genderized roles. And I mean, I fought. So even when the man said... Glad you're here to keep your husband's calendar. I said, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> I'm not gifted. I think the Lord gave me kind of this gumption as a young woman to say, um, no, you're going to try to put me in a box, but it's just not the box Jesus gave me. I had a strong mother. You know, what is it that keeps us from having those rules? And so what now I try to do is help other women (laughs) when, when you start seeing yourself put in a box. So if I can just give you an example of something I've seen recently, as I work with young women, for me, it was just say, no, I mean, honestly, here's your genderized role. No, that's really not what God's calling me to. Um, and if, if this isn't a whole, holistic call that I can be engaged in that it's not for me. Sometimes I did have to push myself into meetings uncomfortably, to be honest. Um, but I, um, I had the support of enough people around me, like you said, that I was able to do that. What I do with women now, I'll see young women, maybe in their 20s, who feel potentially a call to work with youth. They'll say, man i just have a heart for youth if you have a young man who says that he'll say i feel called to be a youth pastor he'll use pastor language yeah. young women will say i feel called to be a youth intern or i or i feel called to like mentor youth or train youth they won't use the word pastor because um it's been made uncomfortable and very few women have seen a woman pastor i'm careful to use that title as often as possible hi i'm pastor crystal so that young women can start seeing that title and be comfortable with it. Mm. So I think right now is I think of my own life, but then also help training the next generation when they start getting put in a box. Those two people, young man, young woman, the young man will become the youth intern. He'll be trained holistically. He'll get preaching opportunities. He'll get lots of different opportunities. A young woman will often be like, well, why don't you become the administrator of the youth pastor? She mm-hmm. thinks that's going to holistically train her, but oftentimes it will pigeonhole her without yes. her recognizing. So helping women choose their path based that's going to help them step into holistic ministry is something that I take very seriously. So I don't diminish what working as the administrative assistant is a fantastic role, but make sure that's the path you're looking for. If the path that you feel called to is to pastor and minister young adults, then that might not be the best job choice in this season. And you may need to look in a different way. So I think helping young people understand how we're trained differently that prepare us to be pastors and leaders. The other thing that I have to say that I had to do as a woman minister, oftentimes women are allowed to piece out of certain things they don't like. Mm. So um, my my pastor, who is an incredible preacher, to be honest, Pastor James Bradford, if you follow him in podcast, he's amazing. Yes. He was called into ministry as a young man, and his first statement to Jesus is, I will do anything but preach. But as a young man called to ministry, that's not a choice. He had to step into something uncomfortable, and now he's one of our greatest preachers in our movement. Yes. So young women, we can't piece out of hard things. That's good. Um, women are known as stronger communicators in the marketplace world. And this idea of men as preachers, it's, it's not, um, it, it doesn't fit. Mm. It does. It doesn't fit who are communicators among us. So I think stepping into holistic ministry Mm. is important for us as women. And I, I've, um, I've just kind of fought for that in my 25 year journey.
0: Oh, it's, and it's so, it's so crucial to do that. I love the way you champion women and really you're <sighs> championing men to say, listen, yes. let's, let's rethink, reframe, yes. rewrite in some cases yes. narrative, look at the the scriptures, honestly. And there are a couple of complex scriptures that holding up half the sky is a great book. If you're listening yes. to well, I've been, been taught this about women in ministry The Blue Parakeet by Dr. Yes. Scott McKnight, another yes. great book. So dive in. We're not shying away from, hey, let's have some of these complex conversations. Yes. But what we can both do as men and women is recognize mm-hmm. and then validate. The call that we see on somebody else's life yes. and yes. not pigeonhole them. Oh, you right. want to be a pastor's wife. So do you play the piano? Do you sing? Do you do <laughs> exactly. you know, that checklist that we kind of ran down? Or yes. all of a sudden we feel disqualified. Right. We disqualify ourselves or we allow other people to disqualify us. So yes. learning the no, learning to say no, thank you, but that's not what God is called. And knowing your own call. Like you said, accepting your call, challenging even your own language. Why did you say intern as opposed to pastor? Like, let's dream together. Let's imagine the possibilities. God will open up those doors and those opportunities, but we have to allow him to say, okay, God, I'm, I am just yielding my life to you. You know what that's going to look like. You know what obstacles might be in the way. Maybe you're listening to another country and you're thinking, oh, I'm craving what you're feeling, but you can still yes. let God use you exactly where He has you. So Just true. keep giving God your yes and sometimes give man your no. That's what <laughs> I'm hearing. Give God your yes. And also be yes. willing to say no. Yes. This is what I'm called to. I can't do what I'm called to do if I'm doing a bunch of things uh, that I'm not called yes. to. And it's such great encouragement for our younger yes. women, Crystal. I get concerned, as I'm sure you do, if, yeah. if we don't really um tackle this narrative intentionally like you're saying you've had to fight for this is an intentional conversation we're having it really is then our younger women are not going to feel drawn toward ministry even if they do feel called they're going to either quickly shut it down they won't pursue it because they're going to feel like no because in that realm i'm going to encounter a glass ceiling or a sticky floor. So this encouragement, if you're a man or a woman listening, so, so crucial. Don't you think, Crystal, for both- exes to be having this conversation.
1: It's so important. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I have two sons, I don't have daughters. So, Mm -hmm. um, watching my boys and how, um, how important this conversation is for them. Um, honestly, my sons are as uncomfortable when they go into a room led by all white men or all one. (laughs) Yes specific as I am. Yep. So this isn't just a woman's, um, it's a cultural thing. Um, and, and, even as I mentioned that I know it's different in other parts of the world, the conversation is different. And so, um, with the network of women ministers, we kind of have some core values. The first one is honor, um, mm. outdo each other with honor, but honor and authenticity, honor and honesty can coexist. And I think in this conversation, Um, we do have to know what are the fellowship we are a part of, um, where they align theologically. Um, and, and then we can know how to be authentic within that. And that's what we're, that's what we're working to do. You and I are blessed to be in a movement where, um, maybe in practice, there's some glass ceilings, but there isn't in theology or in, um, in who we are as a movement. There's nothing that would say we cannot be the highest level of pastor in our movement. That's a different place than some of our listeners. And so we can come in and honor the place we're at, but then also come in with that authentic heart (laughs) that I'm going to honor my call, honor what Jesus is speaking inside of me and be intentional about about bringing that forth. Yeah. And, And I'll just add to that the younger generation, I see young women all the time that we will lose the talent. Um, mm-hmm. Our daughters are watching us right now. And, um, and so it's an important time.
0: It really is. We can't afford to not have this conversation. That is no. attention. We have to hold of honor plus authenticity, Yeah, but let's not just choose one or the other because right. we'll grow resentful or we'll we shrink. Will shrink if we feel like I just need to honor without saying I'm honoring you, but I need to also honor the call. Right. Maybe it's not but, but it's and. I need to honor and. Yeah. And that's the the narrow road. That's we always, as Christians,
1: we find ourselves in these tensions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's where we have to have Holy Spirit to walk us on this narrow road between honor and authenticity. Um, and Jesus modeled it beautifully, but we have to have the Holy Spirit lead the way um, because there's a tension to this.
0: Yes. And bring someone along like, like, Crystal. I want to call you Pastor Crystal, Dr. Crystal. Suki, <laughs> Doct- Dr. Doctor, Pastor. Give me next year. Bring me on next year exactly. and you can call me doctor. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, trust me. We will have all the things to talk about, but yes. I think if you see a younger woman and I want to talk about the work we do with Kai Alpha too. Um, if you see another young woman who you, you can, you see a call of God on their life, Mm -hmm. let's come alongside, let's begin to have this conversation and, you know, stir up the gifts, but also practically say, you know, Crystal and I've talked about the work that I'm doing in Africa and seeing women who have a heart, to Mm -hmm. serve in ministry and and to pursue education, but the opportunity has not been there. So we're partnering uh, with Ascent College to do that. There are so many different ways and initiatives that if you see something, it's recognizing, it's validating, it's sometimes challenging some of the current norms and beliefs in place, and it's championing Mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to use my voice, my influence, my whatever resources fill in the blank to champion. So in addition to what you're doing with women crystal what are you seeing like around the world you literally yes. you and i are racking up the back of, i recently came back from a trip I have, i'm trying to scroll in my mind i think it was france and he couldn't find a place to stamp my passport, so I thought, "Uh oh, I think I'm, I'm ready for a new passport," which is a great, um, great problem problem to have. I mean, but just apply quickly because they yes. take a while to get. Right, I now. know, especially <laughs> right now, it's taking longer. And I mean, traveling. It, yes, we travel with intention. Let me just specify yes. that we're not traveling just to be jet setters, but we're traveling because that is part of the yes. call that God has put in our heart. So. What are you seeing around the world, especially yeah. with younger, this younger generation? Yes. What are you seeing? Because you, I, I didn't realize until I was studying, getting ready for this, that you coined the phrase with Kyle give a year and pray about a lifetime. Oh. I have heard that for years and Yay. Statement. <laughs> I love that. So you're really giving students a tangible starting place to yes. fulfill their missionary call, this intercultural, yeah.
1: cross-cultural.
0: Yes. Talk about that for just a minute. I know that'd be so interesting for our listeners all over the the world.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. So like I mentioned, my call was simple: lead this generation to the nation. And I always say that every generation, the Great Commission basically gives us the call to everyone, go make disciples of all nations. Mm. But I do think my at least my training as a young woman in church I would hear the stories of the missionaries and it would usually be an angel came (laughs) and and said something like, go somewhere else, you know? And I I feel like the call the Lord placed on us was to normalize global missions, Mm. to say, going to the nations is not a call for the few, it's a call for the many. Mm. And honestly, um, when, when we used to do campus ministry and work with young people, we would do a spring break, um, a spring break ski trip and then a summer mission trip. And it was interesting because the students would come up to us for the ski trip and be like, yeah, I'll sign up. Yeah, I'll go. And then when it came to the mission trip, they'd say, let's pray about it. Mm. And I would often think like, why do you not need to pray about the ski trip, which probably is more dangerous, but you're yeah. eating- to pray about a mission trip. It's like, Lord, is it your will to do your will? Do the nation still need to hear? Um, mm. You know, and, and so just training a generation up specifically with our college students. So Kai Alpha is the college ministries of the Assemblies of God church. We're on 300 campuses in the United States, but we are global. Philippines right now is one of our hot spots of campus ministry. It's been oh. around 20 years, um, Europe Students for Christ, we're we're very much a global movement. And so talking to these college students who are training to be doctors and lawyers and teachers and coming to this with intentionality, saying, How do we make the Great Commission work for today? Half the world still hasn't heard, and there's really not a plan B. It's us or no one, (laughs) you know. It's not like there's like a a B league ready to join the cause, you know, and so Understanding that we're all a part of this. So, the give a year, pray about a lifetime is I've talked to thousands of young people. I go around and I'll say the Mormons are giving two years and we're giving excuses.
0: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Who
1: is willing to give a year? So it's a volunteer. You're a doctor, you're a lawyer, but you can give a year to the nations and pray about a lifetime. We believe God calls people, but he calls them in a place where their heart is kindling. And so we believe we've created, um, pipelines for people's hearts to be kindling for the call. And to be honest, out of that, Angela, over the past 20 years, we have seen Chi Alpha rise up is one of the greatest, um, greatest pipelines to the nations, as we've had thousands of students say yes to the give a year and now they're living a lifetime um, of missions. The Marlins in Mozambique, right now, who started CHI Alpha and now campus ministry in Mozambique, now have beachheads all over the continent of Africa just from one little call give a year, pray about a lifetime. Now there's hundreds that are following in their footsteps. So mm-hmm. it just gives tangibility to make the Great Commission doable in our generation. And we are seeing incredible fruit um, of our students. Following St. Francis Xavier in the 1500s, he spoke to a group of college students at at Oxford University. He said this, give up your small ambitions come with me to save the world. And I think that's been our mantra over the last 20 years, working with Chi Alpha and
0: calling this generation to
1: the nations.
0: Hmm. And what a call and what a, what a, what an encouragement to us, no matter who we are to have a missional mindset. This yes. is not like you said, where's the option of, eh, I'll pray about it. It, yeah. I, I loved your statement. Let's normalize global missions. It's not yes. an, if it's just a when. Yeah. Our son has been with us to Africa twice. He's been to yes. Israel. Yes. I just feel like, it has to be a part of it. Now, maybe for you, that could be, that needs to be right here somewhere in the States, but I think we yes. still have to think missionally. Yes. My, my yes. husband was a son of a missionary to Alaska, Eskimo and Indian villages. So missions are in our blood, but it shouldn't just be in our blood. It really is in the blood of Jesus. It's the heartbeat of God that all would know. All would know. Again, I feel like this whole theme, Crystal, has been, we have got to be intentional about these choices. We're not just going to happen into following our call. Uh, we're not just going to happen into a missional mindset. We have to intentionally say, I'm going to normalize the fact that women are stepping into the call of God on their life. I'm going to normalize that global missions is a part of the conversation. Yes. And Chi Alpha is in on college campuses everywhere. So I want to ask See you. A people of come questions. to Christ. Yes. Yes, all over the place. And I want to <laughs> ask you one more question, but I do want yeah. to know how could people, if maybe they have a college student they're listening or they are a college student, how can they know where Kai Alpha is and how they can how can they connect with you? Yeah. To kind of you know connect with some of these resources we're talking about.
1: Our website, com. we also have we live missions, which is our um we we have a weekly podcast that comes out of that that's just talking with college students about what they're doing around the world so if you have a college student i would connect them with our we live mission podcast and our we live missions website because there are a lot of resources on that then our kai alpha resource we have a group locator so if you have a student that's going to be attending a university when my sons went to university we said you can go anywhere in the nation as long as there's a kai alpha group and both of them were had their lives just radically impacted by the ministry of Chi Alpha on the local campus. Um, you know, we send a lot of our students sometimes to our our Bible universities or our Christian universities, but there's something about, I, I honestly believe one of the reasons Chi Alpha is such a global sender is the... The um, university is an incubator for working in hard places because Mm -hmm. spreading the gospel in a place where Jesus's words are not super welcome um, really trains the voice of our young people to be able to go in anywhere in the world um, where they're not looking for a pulpit. You don't get a pulpit in a university campus. They know how to make disciples at a table um, at playing ping pong. So finding your platforms in unique places is what we do on the university campus. We make disciples who make disciples. We don't need big stages. And most of the world are not going to be reached at this point by big stages. That's good. And okay. so come to find us on kialpha.com. Send your students. They're going to be trained up for ministry, both here and around the world. Um, please check us out.
0: Mm, I love that. Be a global sender. And there's, the work that Kialpha doing is absolutely just extraordinary literally changing the world <laughs> to That That is, that's it's, the future. It's exciting. What about women in ministry? If there's a woman in ministry that's listening and if they, yeah. if they especially if they're a part of the sons of God, what encouragement yeah. would you have for them, Crystal, to, to connect? Yeah. So we do also have
1: websites, social media. We do a um, every other week podcast where we're talking about issues that women face, whether it be those glass ceilings, stained glass, you know, those glass ceilings or those sticky floors or many, many other topics that um, women face. We know that women who go together go further. And so it's a place for us to connect as women ministers. That's at women ministers at ag.org is our website, ag women ministers. On Instagram and the Network of Women Ministers on Facebook. I just Google the Network of Women Ministers and find, find it, it all. So if you're going to remember anything, the Network of Women Ministers. And you can usually find all of our sites with lots of resources, um, books magazines, um, all, all different ways that you can find information. So you're, no, you're not alone. I mean, part of, part of what it is being a woman minister, I have a good friend, she pastors on a native American Native Indian reservation, mm-hmm. and she's alone, she's already isolated. And then to find another woman minister, man can feel like such a treasure, just like you and I today, it's a yes. treasure to find a sister to walk next to, or a daughter to pull up or a mother who's walked before us. And, and you will find that on the network of
0: women ministers. I love that. And I'll put those in my show notes too. Perfect. So if you're, if you're trying to scramble and write it down, or you're driving in your car, keep your hand on the wheel. <laughs> Well, the 10 and two, but yes. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's good. So your voice is so needed in our generation. I'm so grateful for it. And I'm, oh. I just, I've just loved, as I've listened to you, the way you so effortlessly put language mm-hmm. for the longings of our heart as women, wow. and especially mm-hmm. as young people who want to be used by God. Yes. But I know that it has not been effortless. I know that it has <laughs> been, like you said, a fight and intention, because when yeah. you can't be in a cause, there is a cost to that. And so yes. I want to honor that cost that that has been for you. But mm. I just want to thank you because it rolls off your tongue so effortlessly. And I want oh. that to be the case for us as women that we can, yeah. we are so much stronger together. And it yes. breaks my heart when I talk to women or to men yes. who just have either misinterpreted scripture or have you, like you said, have not seen it modeled, have not heard it taught. And they're either confused or or completely shut down in their calls. So we just want to encourage you, Crystal and I want yes. to encourage you. Yes. Run in the direction God yes. is is leading you. Bring someone along with you. If you've been here, then encourage someone to come with you. And yes. I'll put all of those ways you can connect with Chi Alpha, with women in ministry. And, and we want to see you grow in your call. And Chris is yeah. going to pray over us in just a moment, but Crystal, I want to ask you one last question. You are making your life matter for the kingdom in so <laughs> many ways, so many ways it makes us uh, times to think about it, but who, who is that person in the Bible other than Jesus? That's really inspired you to make life matter.
1: Yeah. You know, this is might sound cliche, but I cannot help saying Deborah.
0: Yeah. And
1: I believe it's because she was both a civic and a spiritual leader. And I think as we're leading in a time, like I mentioned, we have three fierce Supreme Court justices right now that I just love to watch. All of them. Um, so so we have these models of civic leaders, and then she also was a spiritual prophetic leader called a prophet and a judge, and one of the only judges that really stepped up in a very honorable way, and um, so I I love to model my life behind Deborah, and she gives me that example and permission to step up and lead civically to say, um, I can see the times and the seasons, I can. Can, um I can step up as a leader. She she honed her ear under that palm tree, which which yes. made her ready for the next season of ministry. So I just think there's so much that Deborah can teach us and um help us be brave and courageous like she was.
0: She was amazing. I, I spoke about her on mother's day and I, <laughs> oh, her and JL, they are a yes. dynamic duo. Those two dynamic duo. Yeah. And, and again, yes. the power of just being who God has called you to be. Deborah's out front. She's yes. out riding the horse on the battlefield JL yeah. behind the scenes, yes. but she's still incredibly instrumental in doing what God exactly. has called her to do. Yeah. I don't know if you caught this guys, but Crystal has used the word um, permission a couple of times. So (laughs) I'm feeling that in my spirit. We just, let's just continue to give permission, not only to ourselves, Mm -hmm. to step into the call God has put in our lives, but to the next generation, seek life over the next generation Mm -hmm. dream with them. So not only permission, but I'm also getting the word possibilities. You just said that about Deborah, To see the possibilities in your own life and in the life of others that you are called to serve. You're never too old. You're, you know, just wherever you're not too young to start. So we are here cheering you on. We are so much stronger together. And, uh, and so thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Crystal, for the way you're letting God wow. use you. Thank you for the way that you been have a privilege. blazed a thanks, trail for so many for of spending us. spending some time with me. Oh, this was so fun. <laughs> I want you to pray over us, but I want to read today's truth that matters. And it really came out of, um, what we've been talking about. And I just, this, The idea that Jesus leveled the playing field, the cross levels, the playing field, if you want to go all back to Genesis and the mandate of us being an Azar, which is a strong, brave woman, it is not, it is not just, can I, can I serve in one or a couple of specific ways? And we are not in any way minimizing or diminishing any role. What we're saying is let's see the possibilities of all roles available to women all over the world. And that's something that we are championing. And Jesus modeled that whether he was lifting a broken woman out of the dirt and saying, Hey, go be the first Mm -hmm. female evangelist, go (laughs) go, uh, charge your, your community. Uh, Whether like you said with Mary and Martha, he was defying social Norms. There's so many examples we have in the way Jesus loved us. And so I love this um, passage from Galatians 3, verse 26 through 29. It says, So in Christ Jesus, and that's what we're talking about, thank you for what he's done for us. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So now there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free. Neither is there male or female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. If Mm -hmm. you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. And we are so grateful for that Mm -hmm. today. So Crystal, thank you. Thank you. I just Uh, want to invite you to pray over us today, especially for anyone who maybe has felt bruised um, by just a, by the sticky floors yes especially more than anything the More those comments yes you know what and if that's you just know that jesus jesus is calling you up out of those places let's not let any doubt insecurities mm-hmm. um and let's not hang on to anything maybe no. if you're feeling Angry, bitter, frustrated, let go of that, and know that God is bigger than all of those things, and that He will open doors that no man can shut, and yes. He shuts doors that no man can open, so really yeah. is a trust call here we trust God. To lead us through our part, God will do His part. So we love okay. you guys. Thank you for listening. But Crystal, would you pray for us today?
1: Well, Heavenly Father, I do think of my friends that are listening right now that have been bruised or beaten up. Sometimes by um, just stepping in ministry at all is hard, but being a woman in ministry sometimes comes with a few extra bruises. And so, Lord, I think sometimes when we allow ourselves to feel those bruises, it's a first good step. We know that you felt every um, every whip as you walk to that cross. And so the fact that we feel often can be the first step to healing. And so God, um, as we feel those things, we're authentic that it sometimes does hurt. Um, when when things are said to us and we seem to be put in a box that we know God's not putting us in, Lord. Jesus, I pray that we let the pain of that be a gateway to our healing as we hand those things to you in our authentic heart, sometimes with tears, Lord. God, give every woman permission to cry. Sometimes it's those, those tears that cleanse us. And so God, um, allow us to be authentic in the pain of our movement and give us space to grieve. I know you're so good at that. But Lord, going through the cycle of grief is sometimes we've been hurt in these issues. We always come outside of that with acceptance and love. And so Jesus help each of us, Lord um, God, not, not create almost like a funeral processional to all this grief in our life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but let us step out of that Lord Jesus and see the joy that comes in the morning, God, the light that comes out and God, the breath of fresh air that we have being a one in 2022. Um, Jesus, I thank you for the woman I met from Pakistan that was the first woman to drive in her neighborhood. Wow, what an honor to meet her. And as I get to wait, meet women who were the first to be educated in their village, thank God for that woman, Lord. We have a lot of firsts, and sometimes that comes with extra pain, but it also comes with extra privilege. So, God, open the doors to the privilege that we have experienced as women and let us step out and the joy that comes in the morning. Give us bravery and courage, Lord Jesus, to walk with honor, but with also authenticity, Lord Jesus, to fully step like Deborah did into everything you have for us in our generation. Thank you for Angela and the great work she's doing, Lord. Thank you for the big footprints she's creating for so many of us to get and walk in so that our journey is easier. Thank you for her, Lord Jesus, and our time together
0: in your name. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDonatio.com, Facebook at Angela VOV, and Instagram at AngelaDonatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.